And welcome to this week's episode of Film Finance. I'm your host, Shirley Singleton, and with me today is... Anita Michelle. We got it right together today. That's right. Yeah. And in today's episode, we will be talking about mutual funds. Yes. So what are mutual funds? We want to dissect them uh, without giving an exhaustive kind of laundry list of so many possible mutual funds to buy into. Um, we want to talk about what they are. Now, there's a key difference, Shirley, because we've been talking about just traditional stocks, a lot of stock stuff, right? Yes, we have. And so if we're talking about being having pieces of stocks, you would be a share owner, okay, when you have those little bits right. of stocks. Now, counter that versus shareholders, Okay. Which will be typified of mutual funds. So you're just holding some of those, you know, conglomerate, basically, of stocks. All right. It's a grouping. Together. Together. Right. Together. And in a neat little package, you can purchase them, but you actually don't, Shirley. Someone does that on your behalf, typically, for mutual funds. Yeah, like yeah. a fund manager. Yes, exactly. That's what we think of as a fund manager but so you have four different ways that mutual funds can be um, bought and sold so the most common um, is the retirement plans okay yeah that's actually the most common when you look at the percentage of those shareholders uh, of mutual funds all right yeah so the least common would be the fund supermarket kind of concept or you go on there and just, you know, shop around, click, click, click. You know, so I thought that it would be more commonly used uh, than what they are, but they're in fact not. All right. Yeah. Uh, you have a third possibility, which is direct selling, you know, straight from the fund, uh, from the fund itself. And then you also have advisor sold. Right. Yeah. So that would be like... If I were to buy like funds directly from Vanguard or if yes. I was the or Fidelity or yep. whomever. Yes. Morningstar. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Point for you. Um, so that's your those are your four basic ways. All right. Yeah. So you mentioned fund managers. Yeah. Do we want to talk about what they actually do though? Because that's pretty common for the average Joe. I think that we should talk about what they do. Yes. Uh, and also because, you know, it's because it, we're going to talk about the fees that they charge later. So we should know what they're doing for these fees. Yeah. You got to watch those fees, you know, because some of those fund managers are having a lot of fun with, with extra fees that <laughs> right. you could really, depending upon where you bought these mutual funds, you know, bought into them. You might be able to avoid a lot of those excess fees. All right. Good point. So what they do do um, is that they must act in accordance with security regulations. And they have like to act do. what they do do. <laughs> <laughs> and also act in the shareholder's best interest. So act as a fiduciary. Okay. So those are responsibilities, but they, they act as analysts, surely, that do all of the company research 
for you. Right. Yep. Uh, before they purchase shares of that company on your behalf in the form of nicely packaged together stocks. Mm. Boop. Versus a direct investor who has to do all of that research on his or her own. Right. Yeah. Which is why in some of our other videos, we said that if you're looking for good companies to invest in as a stock for, for stock singular, you might want to look at funds because yep. then that's what the managers are doing is they're doing their research and, you know. Yeah, and they're really trying to cut the fat too, Shirley, by just, you know, looking in their research uh, to compare the different mutual funds versus like all those thousands of different possible stock tickers that they could be looking at. Right. You know, so there's an advantage there to purchasing, you know, those neat little packages. But either way, whatever you do, if you manage it yourself or the fund manager does it for you, you have to be aware that you have to do portfolio rebalancing and make those decisions over time. So whether or not to stay or to go from that particular mutual fund. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about some advantages. Do you think? Well, I mean, like you said, some of the advantages are is that, you know, you don't have to look at thousands of stocks. You could just look mm -hmm. at, you know, one particular fund that holds, you know, uh, multiple uh, stocks within the same sector or across different sectors, you know, where they do it like that. Yep. That That's one of the, that's the main advantage that I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So also you have the advantage of the ease of transferring money in and out of those accounts very routinely, which is liquidity. True. Yep. But the settling of mutual funds versus settling of stocks, mm -hmm. I believe it takes a little bit long to settle a mutual fund and there could be fees associated with selling those funds, selling your shares of the fund. Yeah, especially depending upon how long you've had those that piece of, you know, the mutual fund too, mm -hmm. less than a year or at least a year and, yes. and a day. That impacts, you know, those the taxation part of the fee structure, mm -hmm. you know. Um, good point. So there are some special circumstances where funds do place restrictions on putting new money in, and they can also block new investors from starting in that fund okay. too. Yeah. So that's something to be aware of. But if you have the fund manager, then they're going to know all of those ins and outs and, you know, do all of that legwork for you. Right. You know, um, you, for example, you have some index funds that try to keep short term market timers from jumping in and out of the fund, you know, too quickly by placing uh, restrictions and limitations on how often that one can do this in and out kind of strategy, which does take longer than actual day trading. You are correct. Yes. That's a, that's a good point. I don't know if I would call that a disadvantage. It would be depending upon how quickly you wanted the liquidity of that money to come to fruition for you though. Right. Right. Yes. Um, so you do have some distinct disadvantages though. Uh, Jointly owned entities have inherent downsides because the interests of the owners may be in conflict. So the other shareholder risks. Yes, you know. that, that is true. I really found some interesting information on cash drag. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's cash drag on your portfolio. Right. Yeah. Where they have to maintain the liquidity, uh, enough liquidity within the fund. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but not too much, too. Right, exactly. Um, in excess from booming. 
kind of mutual funds accounts mm -hmm. um, where those buy-ins are impacted by that cash drag. Interesting. Cash drag. It's very, very interesting concept. Um, anyway, so it's when there's too much cash money in excess from booming mutual funds account buy-ins where the fund manager can't yet find more well-performing stocks to add to the mutual fund for its shareholders. So then there's a drag on the actual account of its cash that's, you know, built up. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, if you have a bunch of money in your savings account, but it's not actively being invested. Yeah, that, that would be a, a little bit of a cash drag in a way. It is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because if the money's not working for you. Then it's working against you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Cliche. <laughs> but true. Um, you also have poor picks uh, for the fund portfolio by those fund managers. You know, they can slide in some some pretty poorly performing ones. And then, you know, you're watching your, your statements over the quarters and you're like, what? What? That is very true. And I and some of the research that I have seen, like over a 15 year period, it, this was like a little bit further back from like 1984 to 1998, mm -hmm. there were only... Stone Age. <laughs> it might have been Stone Age, but out of <laughs> 200 mutual funds, only eight beat the market. And I mean like by beat the market index. So mm -hmm. you need to be, you know... Uh, very selective in choosing the funds that you do select and look at their their uh, track record track record in the market so you're not one of those retired people that finally log in like you know years and years later once you retire and you're drawing social security and medicare and you're like oh my gosh i need money let me check out my funds and they're like Ugh. right yeah and you're shocked because yeah. you assumed that over that length of time that its performance would be better than what it actually did was correct then you Chad. we know what happens when one assumes you correct so. we keep saying this but <laughs> you know i mean these people that act so surprised you know like my reference point in running all the appointments that i did in my previous life and job mm -hmm. you know i came across so many of those elderly people that were just like oh my gosh i can't believe it and then they blame the fund managers and they blame the fees and they blame this and they blame that but you know who's to blame you, because you were ignorant and did not check on your own, how your own money has been performing. You can never completely trust all of your money in the hands of any fiduciary, no matter what. That's my opinion. But if you do so, then you're going to run the risk of having those mutual fund kind of account balance surprises, you know, that you could have avoided. Yeah. Just, you know, be more educated, be more involved, have the basic understanding of of what you have your money in, you know, especially when we're talking about mutual funds, because they are a little different than, you know, your individual stocks that we have been training our viewers and listeners on. Right. Well, there are a lot of things that might seem like, oh, this is great. You know, it simplifies things. A lot of pros. Yeah. You definitely have to look out for the cons. Absolutely. May the buyer beware caveat emptor correct that's that's a little real estate term there oh, my mom you know. spoke latin she was true big, big on latin i like that <laughs> um so 
You can have deficient cash to meet the demands of meeting redemptions when those mutual funds are sold. That can be a shocker, too. Mm-hmm. You know, another disadvantage. Um, you do have once-a-day restrictions, too. Okay. Where you can only buy or sell shares once a day and at the day's closing price, or what's called the NAV. Unless the market crashes and too many people sell their mutual fund shares, this type of cash drag doom and gloom scenario shouldn't be too much cause for concern. No, it should not. (laughs) But when selecting a fund, you should look at the breakdown of fees. Yeah. To see what exactly they are charging you. Are they charging you like a purchase fee, an account fee, a redemption fee, you know, a soft dollar fee? You know, there's... Tons of fees that could be charged. Yeah, and a lot of those fees can just be slashed. Slash it, slash it, slash it. If you really, you know, kind of hunt around and understand what the basic fee structure is. And then they do pile on some ancillary fees. Yes. Depending upon that fund manager or whatever company that you're going through. You know, you have to be you have to be careful. Yes, you do. You do. And that's also with insurance too. Yes. That's another story. (laughs) But fund manager risks are more common concern for investors. Okay. They are. Yeah, that's true. They really are. Um, Because people don't trust people, especially with their money. You know? Rightfully so. I was going to say, and they should not. I mean, yeah. We don't blame you. But arm yourself with your own knowledge, you know, especially before you go popping off to sounding ignorant. You know, being difficult. You know, when you read a statement and you're like, oh my gosh, and you're one of those people. But I think that (laughs) when you do get your statement, you should call and ask, what is this fee for? Correct. You should ask questions. You should have a lot of questions before you buy and before you sell and before you pay. Yeah, you need to ask your questions. Most definitely. Do your due diligence. That's part of mutual fund, you know, due diligence. Yeah. So it's no guarantee that these professional stock pickers are going to pick the outperforming stocks, like you mentioned earlier, as compared to their peers. Yes. As in their peer stocks, you know, or mutual fund peer kind of conglomerates. Or index. Or index, correct. The basic index fund, indexed funds may be a better or safer option for investors if you're a little bit, you know, kind of weirded out by the mutual funds concept. Um, so you look at the S&P 500 index, the Wilshire 5000, and the total stock market index. Like we had mentioned, I think it was the last couple episodes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it all ties together. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about strategies. Strategies. Now, you always have to strategize with whatever topic that we're presenting to you. You know, you have to think about what are the best strategies to take. So you can actively versus passively um, participate. You know, you can look at it that way. Uh, You can have actively versus passively managed index funds. Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can invest in several mutual funds as opposed to just stressing out about the performance of one mutual fund. You know, like you were saying, like, oh my God, did I pick... So pick the right one. You put all that money into it. Like, think about it. You're doing your retirement planning. You're like, oh, that one is chosen for you. Or it's usually like a balance of a few. Right. It really is. And a lot of, you know, you can play if you manage your own or you have any participation in it. You can play around with, you know, 
how what percentage in your retirement planning you know that you're going to distribute to let's say a pot of like three or four mutual funds you can play with that percentage too true and that usually goes back to risk management a risk yep. tolerance yes yes it absolutely does you know and as your tolerance levels do change over the course of your life and your development your stages your aging your whatever you know whether or not you retire or you're still working you can make those changes you know to the mutual fund distribution um, you have long-term kind of types of your strategies, like sector and general and balanced mm -hmm. type of mutual funds. Uh, but the goal is to find the best 10-year performing ones is, is really the kind of standard way to look at a mutual fund if you're doing it for retirement planning. All right. <clears throat> yeah. The 10-year sweet spot is really what they look for. So you don't want to jump, you know, too quickly, so you really want to make sure that you're getting into the right ones from from the get go. All right, you know that sounds sound. It does, but that seems like a long time though. Ten years for a hold, you know what I mean? Like I'm way too impulsive for that. <laughs> yes, unless it's doing really, really, really well, then you want to park it and you know park it and milk it. <laughs> Funds aren't my go-to investment no no i know i have dabbled quite a bit though in them as you know yes yeah, i have but I, I but i think that it's important that one educates their, themselves about them yeah and you need to diversify yes too within your mutual funds or you you, you really can yeah you should most definitely if you have three or four of them you can have um large cap stock funds you can have two, three, four. It's usually about what what people carry, I believe, mm -hmm. is the going kind of standard, industry standard. You have foreign funds. You have the world stock and international stock funds. And you also have bond funds. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so, and this uh, economy of bond fund, well, I mean, that would be interesting for a short term. Uh, or relatively, like over like the, the next couple of years, uh, bond funds because of the high interest rate environment that we're currently in. Yeah, that yeah, that's an incentive for for bonds. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and those you do hold on to for some years. Mm -hmm. So patience in investing also is a virtue. <laughs> Be cautious though. Watch out for high fund fees, like you said. Um, and then also check for the one-time commission fee that is going to more than likely be charged at that initial transaction whenever you buy in. There's, that's, there's the impact on the performance over, over time. It can be staggering Most you know, for definitely. those fees and that commission, that one-time commission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, banking, that's a good job to have. Like I said, this is not my favorite <laughs> instrument. <laughs> right. So we see read between the lines. Uh, so let's talk about the future, the mutual fund supermarket. Okay. Um, it, it's actually only represents the total mutual fund market transactions, a very small percentage, though they're becoming more popular. So examples would be Fidelity and E-Trade and Charles Schwab. Like, I think you mentioned Schwab earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um those are the brokerage accounts, right? So they're basically like food vendors <laughs> that are dealing with the grocery stores to shelf the space 
that their wares are going to be on for you to to be bought. Right. So I go to Fidelity and I pick a Vanguard fund. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, and, and a Fidelity fund or somebody else's fund all from there because they're, right. they're all available there. Correct. And so many across the sectors, too, within Vanguard, you know, for example, as you met, that's not the only, right. the only one. Right, and I'm one. sure that there's a brokerage fee for, yes. <laughs> for that as well. There's a fee for yep. that as well. There is. Uh, you can find a possibility, though, of having a no transaction fee menu of choice. Really? Yep. Some yeah. of them do offer that. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a nice advantage. You know. So you just got to shop around. You do have to shop around. So, you know, and it's handy because those mutual fund supermarket kind of hubs, you know, they you have apps on your phone. True. True you know, enough. Just get it. Do it. Don't be afraid of mutual funds, though. You know, try them out. When you're, you know, nice and retired and elderly and you know you you might thank yourself later <laughs> yes so <laughs> well that's all i have to say about mutual funds so that's our episode for today thank you for joining us and until next time be safe and like and subscribe. And hit the notification bell. Yeah, please. Drop us a comment, too. Make some friends. Yes. Make friends in the comments. Thanks. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Deuces. <laughs>